Thanks for downloading this podcast. It's for personal use only and must not be broadcast, reproduced or used in any form without permission. Tell your friends they can get their own copy wherever they get their podcasts. The Hancock 24 Hours of Barcelona on RS1. On RS1. Part of the Radio Show Limited Network. After a four-month break, we are back racing with the 24H series for 2021, going to some great circuits through the course of the year. And this is yet another Formula One venue that we are visiting in the start of September with still visits to Sicily and to the USA at the end of the year at Sebring for the twice round the clock event over the weekend of the 13th and 14th of November. You're tuned to RS1. A very warm welcome to Spain and to the northeast corner of the country, Catalonia, and uh, very easy to get the flag of Catalonia mixed up, of course, with the slippery surface flag that will be waved, I'm sure, several times this weekend as part of the Hankook 24 Hours of Barcelona for the Trofeo Fermi Velez. Yet another running of this great event and brilliant that it can be once again part of the 24-hour series. It's getting the full Radio Show Limited network uh, coverage this weekend with the 24 hours starting tomorrow, local time midday. So a rather unusually uh, early start, although not particularly for this event. Of course, we're still getting used to uh, starting an event at four o'clock as the 24 hours of Le Mans happened just a couple of weekends ago. But that does mean a long run into the night time. However, a relatively easy run, therefore, out of uh, out of the darkness and to the chequered flag. We've already been to Dubai and to various other events, of course, and there are a couple of crackers to come after this one as well. But just brilliant to be racing once more after, as I say, a four-month break. My name's Johnny Palmer. Delighted that you can be part of the coverage, although there's a fair bit of cloud cover around. Uh, the, um, the temperature is certainly very good. A very warm welcome then to the 2021 edition of the Hankook 24 Hours of Barcelona for the Trofeo Fermi Velez over the next three days with free practice happening earlier this morning. A reminder of where this sits in the 2021 calendar. The 24 Hours of Dubai, Dubai of course, kicks things off in the middle of, Ju- of January and then... A bit of a wait until the European part of the season began. Although, remember, no separate championships this year, all combined in an international affair, effectively. So round two at Mugello, round three, the 12 hours of Circuit Paul Ricard at the end of April down there in the south of France. Then we had about a month off before the 12 hours of Hockenheim ring, but the longest gap has been until now for the 24 hours of Barcelona. Of course, 24H series were working incredibly hard to try and make an event happen between May and September, but this will be round five of the series. Then at the start of October, it is a revisit back to Italy, although this time to Sicily and the Coppa Florio for the 12 hours of Sicily there. And then in November the 24 hours of Sebring on the famous concrete in Florida. Really looking forward to that one. It will be Johnny Palmer and John Hindhoff to take you through the next split session then, each of 30 minutes for the TCE cars and the GT cars. But... 
Now that we've had a look at the calendar, we can go down to the pit lane and hear from our third voice today, Mr Nick Damon. Hello, Johnny. Hello, everybody. Well, all I can say is me in a pit lane with my reputation. Well, I've been banned for the last 20 months by various things, but we are here in Barcelona. Um, yeah, we normally do that on a hotkey, and you probably realise why. Um, fantastic atmosphere here. We've had a lot of practice and everything else. Now, I'm going to show you something on the floor, Seb. Look at this stuff. This has not been a visit by a load of overexcited puppies. This is rain. We've had a couple of showers during the last hour or so, and the forecast is for more. So with two half-hour sessions, just coming up the TC for the touring cars, then after a very short break, we'll have the GT cars. It may be all about timing your pit stops, sorry, your, your track time, that will enable you to get the best time in qualifying. Anyway, about to go out are the touring cars, a few of the Spanish, but the big TCR battle we're expecting. So it's going to be great. Johnny, how is it back there in, in sunny England with all the rain here? Much the same, really. Uh, but, of course, as a, from a broadcast perspective, we're all together, Nick. We're all together. The 125 Cupra in that Bumblebee livery is heading now out towards the first corner. Already quite a bit of pickup around the track, I noticed. This is one of the Baz Kooten-run cars. And uh, very shortly, we'll be able to give you details of who is in each of the cars in readiness for qualifying. Uh, this is, although it's 30 minutes on the clock, going to be... An intense session because you know a lot of the teams are relying on this uh, staying green, and if there is an incident, then it does take a little while to get all the cars back in the pit lane and then for them to uh, restart the session. So fingers crossed that it can stay as clear as possible. And as I say, this is just part one of qualifying with the GT series to come a little bit later on again for 30 minutes so it's Nick Damon in the pit lane Johnny Palmer and John Hindoff in the global broadcast centre John uh, already a bit of running earlier this morning but this is where the sessions start to properly count and people getting out nice and early including Bob Stevens in that bumblebee at number 125 Cupra on home ground of course the uh, Spanish manufacturer uh, the car just coming around now one of the things that i didn't get to see this morning and perhaps gp you can tell me and our listener and viewer is which version of the track we're using are we using ah a question has been answered by bob we are using the new version of the track which goes straight on uh, and misses out turn 11 effectively so straight through to a much faster entry uh, on the middle straight if you will and I, when I saw that for Formula 1 earlier on the season I thought that would be much better for the uh, originally for the, the motorbikes of course but I thought it would be much better for endurance racing and I'm glad to see we are using it as that car comes around to complete its outlap and go on to a flyer uh, got about 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7 cars uh, out on the circuit in fact the 8th uh, has just gone out. That was Colin White and the Ginetta G55 because although this is a touring car, TCE uh, qualifying, we do have a couple of cars that aren't TCRs in here. That would be the BMW M2 competition, uh, the Team AGP Tangerine Association, just for you, Johnny, the 221 car. <laughs> 
I like it. Yeah, I had a word, and uh, they've paid attention. So that's very good of them. Um, now, obviously, we're going to fill a bit of this session trying to chat to drivers as well. Our first um, session of the weekend, and Nick has very quickly found Christian Frankenhout. Now, those of you who are long-time uh, viewers and listeners to Creventic Series, why is Nick speaking to Christian Frankenhout before the TCR side? But Christian, a previous winner here, of course, in the old A6 class, overall winner, um, now you're slumming it with the with the uh, you know the TCR cars. Yeah, but it's still a fast car, you know, and it's still fun to drive. So, no, I was asked uh, four guys here: Jos, Bob, Bert, Martin, are all doing the 24 hours for the first time. So, they wanted an experienced driver to help them. I'm already coaching them from March. So we're doing a lot on the simulator. We're doing test days in Zandvoort, in Assen watching videos about the race. So they're well prepared. And as you can see, they're doing a good job. Um, we didn't have any issues uh, until now. The lap times are good. So, But OK, tomorrow is the 24 hours, and it's a whole new story for them. But uh, it's, it's a lot of fun. Now, surely is theoretically the fastest driver. I assume you are as a teacher. You should be out there qualifying it. Well, it's, it's the faster of the four drivers. So we said, OK, we let them do the qualifying. Because it's their, it's their race, you know. I'm there to support them. Um, I'm a li like the backup driver. I will drive also in the race, but I'm the backup driver. So it's, it's, their, it's their party. It's their, their thing. So but, uh, Bob is really doing a really good job. He's not far off the times I'm driving. And uh, yeah, hopefully he does a good job now in qualifying. Now, of course, you're used to being in the fastest class all those years with Hoffa. Now you're being overtaken by those rude GT3 cars. What's that like? Yeah, man, they, they cannot drive. They're idiots. No, 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 no. So, no, 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 but it's, it's, it's okay, you know, and um, of course, it's always hard to see who's driving, and it's the same if you're driving the faster car. So now you need to get used to who's driving again, and also that they know who you are, you know, and then, of course, you can see if somebody's driving a TCR car, and he's fast through the corner, so okay, you can wait after the corner, and otherwise it's sometimes messy, but it's... That's learning, you know, and that's also with the other guys. They, they need to learn how to do, deal with traffic. Um, so we practice that as well, and, and, and it's good. It, it's okay to do. Still 30 cars on the grid, uh, but it, it's a good way to, uh, to do it, and, and it's, it's okay, you know. They, we, we don't want to yeah, get, get each other into trouble. So all the cars are... But okay, tomorrow's the race. It's a little bit different than free practice, but no problems until now, and, and you see there... Yeah, everybody is really relaxed. You're intricately linked, to say, with the with the Mercedes and Hoffa, and you and Kenneth Hire, Hire driving together. Is, is that all over now? Is is that a, a, a chapter of history, or could that ever come back again? I don't know. I don't know. I know they 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 are now preparing the car. Michael said, "Okay, yeah, they 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 are now preparing the car, so it's race ready." But when they're going to race, I don't know. It's it's still a question, and um, they want to have like. Everything free, everything with Corona, it's always a little bit different. Um, but okay, we hope that we can come back on the grid soon. Now I like to drive the AMG again and show that we are still there and still uh, can win. Great to see you again, Christian. Best luck the weekend. Yeah, thank you, Nick. Okay, thanks a lot who is part of the uh, the Baz Kooten racing crew then with the yellow and black Cooper that we've already mentioned. Bob Stevens doing the qualifying in the number 125 car and he's currently fifth fastest for uh, the Dutchman and there are 
three Coopers in the entry and out there on track currently, although we haven't yet seen a flying lap for uh, Florenc Flutza Cross in the number 151 uh, Bapora Motorsport Cupra. So they're the only Spanish entered crew. No, big pardon. We've got the rail equipped by Totcar Sport crew as well, who are also running a Cupra. So two Spanish Cupras, great to see. It is the Autorama Motorsport by Wolfpower Racing VW Golf, though, of Emil Heyerdahl that is fastest so far, about to come through to complete another lap, and that is car number one. There are two Autorama Motorsport VW Golfs, as per usual, in fact, uh, but a new name on me is Arunas uh, Gesikas. That's not, that's not how you say that name, but I will practice it. Arunas Gesikas, who is Lithuanian, and has just done a 159.225, putting that car in fifth position and just behind Colin White. But uh, no surprise, John Hine, to see already Autorama Motorsport, who've proven through the years to be qualification specialists, setting the pace in this one so far. No drama, Autorama, that's what we often say, isn't it, in that uh, boring white Porsche. Well, it's got a bit of grey and red on the side, and it's a Golf. But you know what I mean, uh, they just get on and do their job and their job is clicking off laps and they continue to do it very, very well indeed. Just a quick mention for Baporo. They've done very well here down through the years. I seem to think that they got, um, I think they got, a, I think they got a win here in class a few years ago. Um, and I haven't looked that up yet, which I should have done before I started that sentence. But they are a, a local team. Although this year the um, the lineup for them, the old Spanish lineup, as is their wont, uh, doesn't feature um, any big names in it. It's very, uh, very much a couple of family affairs, isn't it? One fifty-one. Recently. Um and that was 2019 because there was no Barcelona 24 hours, at least as part of the Creventic Championship last year. Uh, most recently, therefore, 2019, which was the end of August, the TCR category was won by Top Car Sports, which was a Baz and run car at the time for Fabian Dance, for Julian Apotolos, uh, Ronnie Yost and Antti Burri who are always yeah. very, very fast in their... Uh, well, it can be top car, it can be a variety of other t uh, teams as well, particularly that we've seen Antibury in through the years. But I'll, I'll go a bit further back through the archive, John, right. to find out uh, when that good year for Bapora was. But as you say, well, it's a, it's a, they're a local team, and this is one of their favourite events of the year. Yeah, and they have run Audis in the past uh, as well. Audi R8s um, in the uh, GT Cup Open... Uh, European GT Cup Open Series as well. They are very good here at Barcelona. Had podium successes uh, in uh, with that car uh, here at Barcelona as well. It is Emil Heyerdahl on, in that Volkswagen Autorama by Wolfpower that is leading at the moment by about tenth and a half. Mathieu Dutre in a AC Motorsport. That'll be the 188. Yes, it is. That's the black and purple car. They've had that colour scheme for quite some time for AC Motorsport, the RS3 Audi. A brand new Audi this weekend, making its debut in the GT section. And orders now being taken for the new version 
of this car, the Audi RS3, LMS, DSG or sequential. Uh, that's been updated as well. CWS, Colin White with the Soul Janetta, the G55. He's a second away from pole position. Uh, make that seven tenths now as he clocks a 157.6. So already five cars under that magic two-minute barrier for the, uh, the qualifying times here at Barcelona in this uh, session for the TCE part of the race and AC go to the top as we were talking about the Mathieu finds a couple of tenths and uh, clocks in with a 156.8 to take provisional Paul JP. Yeah, Mathieu Dutrie who has been impressing me through the course of the year getting steadily quicker and quicker behind the wheel of that AC Motorsport Audi. He is Belgian like the team and uh, finding the time particularly through the middle sector it seems he went purple to set the 156.863. Jorge Belloc Ruiz, who is certainly a regular at the event, and possibly with Top Car Sport as well, something else for me to look up, but the rail equipped, equipped by Top Car Sport car, being driven by Jorge currently, uh, number 123. And you can hear the two-litre turbo, turbocharged engine uh, under a bit of stress coming through the early part of the lap. Colin White's Janetta is out there as well. That is in a separate class. So these are all TCE series cars, uh, but they're a combination of TCRs and TCXs, as the 24H series deems them. And Colin is qu currently quickest of the TCXs, running in third place in the 278 Janetta G55, John. Great car. Great car for this. And the... Endurance spec of these cars are quite sophisticated. They do have aircon systems, probably don't need that right now, but it's forecast with a little bit of a high pressure just hovering uh, over uh, to the north of the UK and influencing the weather uh, down into Spain. It will get hotter over the weekend, and the aircon system in the G55 is clever enough that when you are full throttle, it doesn't work, so it doesn't cost you any of the V6 engine's power. But when you lift off, it kicks in and throws cold air at you, which is really rather clever and works very well indeed in what is quite a claustrophobic cockpit in that little British-built uh, coupe. Colin has stuck with the Janetta brand for quite some time now, JP, with varying uh, degrees of success. Suffice to say it, that... If they get a decent run, they will be challenging for the TCE honours. Uh, it's a question of potentially accident damage and, and reliability for the 278 car. Yeah, uh, Colin will not have great memories of this place, though, because oh. the, the last time I was um, present at the 24 Hours of Barcelona, very early on in the race, Colin and his team suffered a massive fire with the Ginetta they had uh, on side at that occasion. I'm sure this is a different car because I'm sad to say there wasn't a great deal left of the G55. Um, close to the end of the lap, he was coming out of the final chicane, the left and the right, and that's when we all realised the car had ground to a halt and not reached the end of the lap. But um, you need to put there was all another those... time, JP. Yeah, go on. Here, where the car was dragged off the track or got off the track, I think it turned one or two, and Colin got on his push bike and rode round with some tools to try and fix it and get it back. Yeah. So you're right, this isn't a happy hunting ground, so maybe the Catalonian curse can be uh, assuaged this weekend 
and we might get to see Colin and the rest of the 278 team uh, get uh, a decent run. He's sharing this weekend uh, with a couple of other Brits and an American, Jean-Francois Bruno, is the semi-pro along with, uh, and he's the American flag driver, Angus Fender, uh, also the semi-pro. Ian Stinton along with Colin are listed as the two ham drivers in that car. Yeah, and John Bruno, who's been racing certainly all season with Colin, and they might have done a little bit together at the back end of last year as well. Yeah, in fact, John raced at Dubai at the start of 2020. That was the very, very wet one, wasn't it? Uh, uh, trying to remember now. Yes, I think it was. Um, and that was uh, turned into a rather disastrous year for, for everybody, frankly, but uh, also tricky as far as the 24H series was concerned because we had Dubai in 2020 and then we didn't have another race till June, which was the Portimao 24 hours. Um, and uh, that event not able to take place today, but it is brilliant nevertheless to have uh, near neighbours Spain back on the calendar for 2021. Golf all over the kerbs. This is on the infield section of the lap. And the number one car, driven by Emil Heyerdahl, clearly not too happy about being pipped at the moment to provisional pole by 0.129 of a second. So Heyerdahl has done the outlap, I believe, yes, and is now hustling on to a quick one. 156.992 was his effort on the was his effort earlier on in the session. The outlap after a pause in the pits of about four minutes has been done. And now a 34.5 through the first sector is a decent one indeed for Norwegian driver Emil Heyerdahl. So, as I say, only trying to find less than a tenth and a half to get back up ahead Mathieu Detrie. And Detrie now in turn not in a position to respond because he's in the pits along with Loring Flusser Cross in the... A Papura Motorsport Cooper that we've spoken a little bit about already. Bob Stevens heading back into the session, as is Colin White and Paul Celius, another Dutch driver for Autorama Motorsport. Re very refreshing to see a number of new names, though, uh, joining established teams for this well-recognised event, John. Yeah, always a, always a good entry for this. It's a, a great time of the year to be here. And this is the traditional time. First weekend in September uh, has clashed with other events in the past, but a, a slightly less busy weekend this year. Um, not quite the amount of local teams. The Royal Automobile Club of Catalonia, uh, whose event effectively this is, uh, with a great history uh, in this event and uh, allowing... Creventic graciously allowing Creventic on board a few years ago to bring their teams in as well. And we've seen upwards of 40, 50 cars here in the past. It is an event that the locals are uh, tremendously well behind. Although, bizarrely, uh, we start with a few thousand people in the stands and then round about half past nine, ten o'clock at night, when everyone's had their Saturday evening meal, all of a sudden, the car parks are full, and by midnight, the place is jumping, JP. Yeah, I know. Uh, I've, a number of times I've been across to the, the grandstand that overlooks that remodelled section, uh, which is a great overtaking opportunity, and deliberately, through the course of the, of the, the years, a grandstand was constructed because it was realised that was a very good spectator point. And, yeah, the busiest time is often Saturday night about 10, half 10 in the yeah, evening, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, when everyone's 
had their siesta, they've had a bit of evening meal, and then go and watch some motor racing uh, to, to midnight or beyond. That's just in the Spanish culture, and uh, great that that kind of happened in the past. Um, I'm just looking at the numbers of cars we had actually the last running when this was event an event in the Creventic season. 38 classified finishers, but there were unfortunately four, no, there were eight retirements as well. So 46 cars we had uh, a couple of years ago. And clearly the championship is back to a, a normal schedule now, having had uh, a race meeting more or less once a month up until Hockenheim. Then there's been the difficulty since then in um, solidifying a, a, a round five. This was always kind of positioned as a round five or round six, depending on how, how we went. Uh, but it's brilliant to, to be back here, as I say. And uh, it's only going to be a short wait at the end of this 24 hours to the 12 hours of uh, Ennepagusa, the Coppa Florio event for the second running of that. On to lap, 10 minutes JP. gone. OK, John, yes. Who's uh, that? 156.3, and it's Emil Heyerdahl. Uh, obviously stunned into uh, action there, chasing, as you said, in the number one Autorama car, signifying their championship uh, win from the last full season that we had in that Autorama Golf. Now down to a 56.3. That's now three quarters of a second ahead of AC Motorsports Audi, which is just going back out again, still in the hands of Mathieu Dutre. And... Uh Matcha, say, um, has started races on the front row before. Need to look at whether he's um, managed a, a pole position because this potentially could be a first, I suppose. AT Motorsport have had plenty of different drivers through the course of this year, including uh, Vincent Rademacher. Uh, but uh, Detree, pretty much an, an ever-present, having done, yes, all four of the opening races to this point and all in the Audi RS3 LMS with the DSG gearbox. Silver-rated driver. Um, but, yeah, this is the point in the session now where times really start to count because your rivals are going to have less and less time to fight back. Detree yeah. slipping to third position now. Within class, he's still second, but that's because Colin White's popped up with a 156.826 to go with the quickest lap in that Ginetta so far and, therefore, the best... TCX lap. So we have one of each class now on the provisional front, front row, John. Yeah, Colin turning up the wick just a little bit and indeed just cutting by the other car in TCX, the BMW of which uh, we spoke earlier. That is the uh, number 221 and that's the relatively new shape, that, of course, the uh, um, M2. CS, uh, running for Team AGP Tangerine Associates, running under a US entry with two Americans, Jim Norman, who we've talked about uh, quite a lot in the past, all arms by the way, with Catsby Jones, Cats, uh, Catsby uh, also from the US, and Vim Spinoy uh, Spinoy uh, from Belgium. Uh, in that car as well so just the three drivers there so that's quite a lot of work they've got to do at least that's what I've got on my entry list at the moment uh, if only we'd known uh, we could have sent Nick with his race kit and a licence <laughs> wouldn't have been his of course um, but <laughs> he could put a moustache on or something across the line then for Colin and another improvement that takes him to the top of the category JP yeah, very good time for the 
the man from Glastonbury in the UK. Colin's just done a 155.962 and has gone, well, at least green through all of the sec sectors and purple, in fact, through sector one. So a 33.351 now represents the best lap of any of the cars in this session. And he is just over four-tenths of a second clear of Emil Heyerdahl in the best of the TCRs now with the Volkswagen Golf GTI TCR DSG for Autorama Motorsport. Mathieu Detrit is still circulating. He's on lap nine, that lap ten, in fact, of the session. And the AC Motorsport Audi, 0.7 of a second now, shy of Colin White's time. Only half a second away from Emil Heyerdahl's effort, though as Detrie goes through with a slower lap that time, just over two minutes. Drivers behind him are improving, like Paul Salias and like Jorge Belloc-Ruiz as well in the rail equipped by Totcar Sport Cupra. So it's a VW Golf best of the TCRs from the Audi RS3 of AC Motorsport, the sister Golf from Autorama, and then the three Cupras all in a line or in a column together with uh, Raylikip ahead of Bapora and the Baz Kooten racing car of Bob Stevens that set the initial pace because Bob was one of the first cars out there. The Tangerine Associates team, by the way, have got um, the, the honour of winning that uh, heavily rained off Dubai 24 hours at the start of last year because they managed to win the TCX category with their BMW uh, as Team ACP, Tangerine Associates. That's the first I have of that team ever being established. So I think that was their first race. And since then, haven't been regulars with the Creventic Series. In fact, this will be their first race of the 2021 season. So it's great to have the Americans back again. No ST racing, I've spotted, uh, whereas uh, the Canadian outfit have um, done, that, done the series all the way through the year. Unfortunately, we're missing them here in Spain. Well, they are there. Are they? Well, I saw Sam, uh, Sam Tan. Yeah. Maybe, uh, maybe they're in the GT class then now. They always traditionally run in the TCEs, but um, Samantha Tan is on oh, the yeah, entry list, are. yeah? They're, they're running an M4 GT4 with ah. Chandler Hull, John Miller and Nick Wittmer. Uh, another one of the racing Wittmer. So uh, Kumo and Kyle and Nick, uh, all racing family. Uh, see those two Canadians in IMSA racing in the past, Nick in it as well, uh, and Sam Tan, Samantha Tan, ST, is in GT4 number 38, so we'll see her. I, I'd, I'd seen her um, on social media, Yes. seeing how lovely the weather was before Nick got there. I am remembering now, I think, an exclusive that we got here on the Radio Show Limited Network that said last time out, but it was in May, so you can forgive me for, for forgetting That's this. Right. Uh, at Hockenheimring, they said they would be back out again, but in a different car, a brand new car, which would put them into the GT series. So I'm glad yeah. you were paying attention. And, uh, yeah, I've just remembered that fact um, almost four months on from them uh, Is that stating the last that. Time, is yeah. that the last time we had a Krevetnik... 24-hour series race. 23rd of May. 23rd of May it was, yeah. That was a that was a raining on and off weekend, wasn't it? Which was very difficult uh, for the teams. Um, and we had some great uh, support races there. And we've got the Alpine A110 Cup here as well, the European Alpine Cup, where Johnny and I will be bringing that to you as well a little bit later on. Two races this weekend. One 
in between this qualifying session, these two qualifying sessions, and night practice, which is always great to watch here at Barcelona. And then one tomorrow morning before the return of Damon sashing up a grid. Come on, admit it. You've all been waiting for it to return. The only grid walk that counts, with due respect to Martin Brundle and anyone else who works in Formula One, the one you've really been missing is Nick Damon's dancing with the cars down the pit straight. Uh, and that will be tomorrow, of course. We're about half an hour before green flag. At RSL underscore studio, uh, hashtag RSLB24 if you want to get in touch with us as well. We've had some likely impersonators of Nick this year. Um, Lucas Gajewski. Lucas Gajewski springs to mind, clambering out of the safety car boot just before his pit walk, but nothing's quite like Damon. There is nothing quite like a Damon. There's nothing like say. a Damon. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, indeed. Nothing in the world. Nothing in the world. No. One, two, five is still Bob Stevens and running in seventh position. Catesby Jones behind on the timing screen has parked it probably well, certainly for the session now with only 40 seconds left on the clock. Anders Fender is technically a new name at the top of the times, but that's only because he's switched from Colin White. So Colin bringing the car in and giving Angus uh, a couple of laps just to, I suppose, work out how much grip there is now that a bit more rubber has gone down. And this will have made a difference. 90 minutes of running in free practice earlier for the track too. I'm sure started pretty green this morning. Although there was some out of, uh, out of meeting practice runs yesterday, I believe. Uh, but that might not have been all on Hankook rubber, of course, whereas the free practice session had to be, as did this as well. The two 30-minute sessions... And as John mentioned, more practice later on tonight as well in darkness hours. But Check the flags out, JP. Okay, and a very late change indeed, as you said that, John. Mathieu Detrie has gone across the line and snatches second position by 92 thousandths of a second. So Detrie going over the line in the AC Motorsport Audi to bag what would appear to be the TCR podium because Emil Heyerdahl is in the pits, Paul Salius is in the pits. And I don't think Jorge Belloc-Ruiz or Laurent Flusser-Cross are going quite quickly enough to be able to pip Mathieu Detri to that title. So a 156.867 should just about do it, as everybody else that's already crossed the line but not yet seen the chequered flag will be able to have this lap timed. Angus Fender, well, running the risk of going a little faster than Colin White here because he's gone quicker than his teammate through the middle sector and a 155.962 is the time to beat but Fender across the line to take the chequered flag in the black 278 Janetta and cannot go faster but he was certainly pushing there and did go uh, at least through the middle sector quicker than Colin Nick's wasting no time at all should have a driver to chat to very swiftly indeed but just want to make sure that everybody has crossed the line and that we aren't going to get any final changes 151 is the last car that will head across the line and yeah let's say that uh, Laurent Laurent Flusser Cross won't take pole position because the man that has is now chatting to Nick Disappeared off. Come on. Oh, sorry. He's too busy to even wait. I've got him here. You, 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 you strung it out far too long there. I was there, I was with him, and you just wanted to be sure. Colin, oh well, another pole. Um, maybe I think so. We've got to look at it in a minute just to make sure we're correct. Uh, but uh, yeah, the car was really good. 
Um, so fingers crossed for everything to be right. First time on the slightly changed uh, layout here at Barcelona. Is it better? Is it worse? <sighs> it's different. Um, it's, it's safer coming out the corners. It's still the same problem getting in, but coming out is much, much easier. And there's more chance of overtaking somebody, so it's more interesting. 24-hour race. I mean, it's a big challenge, and obviously the Ginetta has historically had driveline issues. You, are you on top of those yet? Fingers crossed. <laughs> Yeah, we've gone through all the permutations and sort of, like I said, fingers crossed. This is a good track. It's a safe track. You can run around the and, uh, you know, keep off the curbs. Everything should be good. Colin, thank Colin White chatting to Nick Damon. Uh, he very nearly escaped out the back of the garage, but Nick was uh, able to doorstep him and uh, bring him back to the pit lane. And Mathieu Detrie then taking pole position with his teammates Stefan Perrin, James Kay and Vincent Rademacher. As mentioned, the Belgian has been part of that team already this year as well. Autorama Motorsport might be a little disappointed there to have missed out on pole position, but they do at least feature on the second row within the TCE series, the number one ahead of the 112 then for positions three and four. 156.9 for Emil Heyerdahl and a 157.8 for Paul Silius. Two Spanish Teams uh, on the third row, the 123 Rally Keep by Topcar Sports and the Bopora Motorsport Coopras, both TCR DSG specs. And it was Jorge Belloc Ruiz, who interestingly is listed twice there against the 123 car, unless there's two of them. Uh, no, no, there's a Diaz and a Ruiz. Jorge oh, you're Belloc right. Diaz and a Jorge Belloc Ruiz. I noticed that when I was looking through it. It's, yeah, uh, yeah. it's like the. Um, Manel Lau Gurina and Manel Lau uh, Cor Cornago, excuse me, in the uh, 50, the 151 car. We've got a lot of very similar names. I will be paying attention to that uh, later on in the day, therefore. Yes, yeah, so I sort of scanned over the third name, but you're right. Diaz and Ruiz, and it was Ruiz who did the time, a 158.716. Laurent Flusa Cross, a 158.864. Bob Stevens in the Baz Cooten Racing number 125, yellow and black Cupra, seventh with a two minutes 0.166. And the 221 Team ASP, ACP Tangerine Associates BMW M2 did a two minutes 0.897. And that was uh, Catesby Jones who set the time, who's joined by Jim Norman and Vim Spinoy. So that is the grid. Somewhat provisional for the time being. And I only putting that little caveat because there, there seemed to be a bit of doubt in Colin White's mind as to whether their lap might I be a legal one. Was that a track limits problem, do you think, John? Yeah, there, there was a lot of cars that were uh, uh, that were being um, pinged at various times. But I, I've just uh, checked through and I can't see Colin's car on there. Um, the 112 and 188 cars... Uh, being the Autorama car uh, and uh, the 118 uh, is, must be 188, excuse me, uh, uh, because that's AC. They've both got penalties and they um, need to confirm the receipt of that penalty, but I can't see anything for the 278. And uh, just from our colleagues at uh, Hankook 24 hour series, the Creventic uh, organisers, uh, ST Racing, Sam Tan, has been...
competing in the GT4 class since the beginning of this year with the M4 GT4, apart from the six hours of Abu Dhabi, which was the non-championship race, when they won the TC class. So uh, that they have been running that BMW for quite a while. And I do wonder, by the way, if that um, ACP Tangerine Associates car, listed as an M2 uh, CS, um, I wonder if that's a conversion from an old 240 Cup car. Um, because they did have one of those, and they've recently, um, the multicoloured uh, 240 Cup car, they recently released that onto a number of racing platforms as a, as a livery. Um, it, it may be a completely different vehicle, and I'm prepared to accept that as well, but it is in, interestingly listed as the 450 horsepower uh, car, but listed as an M2 CS uh, competition, uh, competition sport or club sport. Uh, for ACP Tangerine Associates, the 2-2-1 car. So what's next then, JP? 30 minutes of GT Series qualifying, f- during which we will see the uh, ST Racing BMW of Samantha Tan et al. There was an announcement that happened at Hockenheim Ring. Obviously, there wasn't about a new car, but they uh, maybe they were just confirming that they would definitely be uh, doing the rest of the campaign. Of the season. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and during Hockenheim... We didn't even know which races that was going to involve, of course. But um, uh, we've got to say, JP, you know, fair play to the teams uh, and the organisers. Uh, it's it's been a a summer of uncertainty, hasn't it, in Europe? And you know, even as we're talking right now, there's talk of the EU asking their member countries to reimpose. Uh, New pro- uh, the, the former protocols on people travelling in from places like, for example, the US and tighten things back up again. Uh, so there's been huge amounts of uncertainty and trying to plan for races. And, you know, you have been involved in, in other championships and we've been calling races for other championships. You've been doing some travelling where, where it's been possible. I mean, the business of racing has actually done okay out of this. And, and I think it's been a a good example of what can be achieved if you are prepared to be flexible and dynamic. I agree. Um, it, you, you need some warning as to where you need uh, you know, a, a trailer, your car, the team, and logistically how you're going to get there from your headquarters, um, you know, being one or two people heading to a job to commentate on a race is a heck of a lot easier than trying to get a team of... 40, 50 people in some cases to an event. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it is very difficult, I suppose, to, to juggle the events that a track is trying to put on um, and the conflicts that other championships can, can, prevent, can, can provide. But, um, yeah, I mean, it, it's brilliant to have Barcelona, a grade one circuit, a current Grand Prix venue, back on the calendar. We've had a number of those already this season as part of the 24H series event. Um, and... And credit to prevent it because if there was going to be a race uh, put on in the last couple of months, they were fully committed to it. It's just that the slip pieces couldn't slot into place in time for Portimao, for example. But I know that was um, desperately wanted by the drivers. There was also some talk of us going back to Mugello at one mm. point as well for a second visit to Tuscany, which uh, we certainly wouldn't have um, turned down given the opportunity. Uh, but there is still a second trip to Italy expected next month to Eno Pagusa for the second running of the Coppa Florio and, of course, the, the end-of-season flyaway race, which has in the past run at Cota. 
in Austin, Texas, but this time will be at Sebring as uh, things are planned for the 24-hour race there in November. So still lots to look forward to. New cars on the horizon and your old favourites as well. Including? Including for ST Racing. So you had remembered correctly that they are, they're, they're coming back next year in 2022, but they are stepping up the GT3 with the brand new M4 GT3, and not one, two of them. Uh, that Canadian team then, which dates back their, their, um, their competitive streak in this championship dates back to 2019 at the Circuit of the Americas. Um, this is their first full season. Uh, they, they took a GT4 class win in Dubai. Uh, uh, so, you know, they're stepping up uh, and they're sitting actually not that far away from duo racing in the GT4 class standings. I think they're just nine points away from the lead. So expect to see ST then with two, not one, but two new cars for next year. So you're... Me- both of our memories have not failed us. We well, just remembered two halves of a different story, sort of. Yeah, and that's, that's what I'm saying. That's 50% failure, but 50% success at the same time. <laughs> so I'll grab the second one of those. Thank you very much. But if we both were 50% right, does that, does that make us 100% right if you add us together? You it, see, it's a team effort, JP. Yeah, oh yeah, entirely. Always has been. It means we've got one <laughs> decent memory between us, John. <laughs> just uh, yes, consider right. that whilst we... Uh, head to the pit lane and to Nick Damon ahead of uh, times coming in in the GT Series session, Nick. Yeah, welcome back down to the sunny... Well, actually, it's the overcast pit lane here. Uh, in brilliant timing, uh, what I was going to show you was literally just here. Um, but then about 30 seconds, whilst you, whilst you decide to, uh, to to compare bad memories, and let's be honest, I'd be the third part of a triumph with recalling memories, uh, it left. So I couldn't show it to you. So I'll show you something else instead. Um which is the 499, the GT4 version of the, uh, the Audi R8, because what I wanted to show you was a new Audi R8 LMS. We'll do that at night practice, it's fine. Uh, that doesn't look like it's going anywhere uh, for qualifying. Now, of course, after the amuse-bouche, it was the TCE qualifying with just uh, eight or nine cars. We've now got 24 cars in many classes, so it's been a much, much busier session uh, out on the track. Um, and just to give you a bit of a clue, a number of times during the various practice sessions so far this weekend, a certain Mr. 91 Renauer has been top of the timesheets. But who knows? Well, yeah, that's true enough. Uh, Renauers are always fast around here, whether it's Mr. Robert or Mr. Alfred. And uh, we saw, in fact, both in action during the weekend of the 24 hours of Le Mans because Alfred was entered into the Le Mans Cup races, the 255-minute affairs as the support uh, package, and Robert Renauer in the GTE car as part of the 24 hours in France. But back to GT3 machinery now. And the session earlier on today, a free practice session, was actually topped by Pierre Caffer in the number 18 Audi. Number 92 Porsche sneaking up the inside of the much-talked-about BMW uh, from the ST Racing crew. Second fastest in this morning's session, or this afternoon session, early this afternoon session, was the number 22 Ferrari for Georg and Leo Weiss, Jochen Krumbach and Daniel Kylewitz. And it is Kylewitz at the wheel of the 22 WTM, powered by Phoenix Ferrari. Interesting that uh, Wachenspiegel team Monschau now, of course, prepared 
by the Phoenix Racing crew rather than Rinaldi Racing, but sticking with the Ferrari. So Phoenix Racing more associated with the four rings, but they do... They prepare um, LMP3 cars for the WTM powered by Phoenix crew as part of the Le Mans Cup through the course of the year. And uh, Leo Weiss drives one of those. But Daniel Kylevitz, more of a GT3 specialist, out for qualifying. The treble nine, Bashar Mardini-driven Red Camel Jordans.nl. Porsche uh, running now in third position as initial times start to come through. And the blue and white Audi back on pit road is the car collection machine just looking to see who's been put into that Max Edelhoff as part of the car collection motorsport Audi R8 LMS GT3 with the Kerkhofer uh, sponsorship as usual so there's plenty here John that um, have the potential of being certainly on the front couple of rows this is a tough session to call and two different uh, three different classes here as well GT3 and it is now called GT3. has been for a wee while in Creventic 24-hour series uh, events. Uh, this should be at the front of the field. And indeed, the WTM powered by Phoenix, Daniel Kailwitz, Ferrari, is at the moment on a 146.7. Fastest in GTX, true racing. Klaus Angerhofer has one of the fantastic KTM crossboard GTXs, of which we have legion this year also got a couple of vortices I suppose we'd have to call them in that GTX category as well uh, 712 and 701 running second and third in GT4 ST Racing Nick Whitmer Nick, Nick Whitmer uh, driving the ST Racing GT4 ahead of the RHC Jorgensen Strom with Brett Strom so two North American teams Canadian and US based teams there first and second and of course the 991 Cup tap class as well the Vili Motors bought by EB Motors the Porsches and this you've got to have a speed lover Porsche I think that is it is part of the regulations for 24-hour racing under the Hankook banner the name against the new Audi is Martin Lechman who Yes, he's on a quick lap now, car number 500. I seem to remember when the Mercedes, uh, the AMG, Mercedes AMG Evo first appeared at Portimao, that was numbered 500 as well. So reserved for brand new cars, not yet eligible for the GT3 category. The treble nine, Red Camel, Jordans.nl, Porsche is in with Evo Brokers looking on. Bashar, Bashar Mardini, their driver that has brought that's it interesting. in. That's an interesting car, that, uh, because that is one of the new for 2021 992 Cup class cars. Um, completely new platform, new aero, still using the venerable 4-litre engine, just over 500 horsepower, much the same as you can have in the, the road car. But distinctive from the other Cup cars... You will see here the 991.2s. Look at the rear wing. It has a, uh, what some people call a swan neck, a drop, uh, a, a drop mounted rear wing. So the, the wing is actually below the stanchions uh, and the fixings. Uh, also a slightly different front end. The whole bodywork is different. It's a full wide bodied car, as all of the 992s are. Um, different fr front track. And even the road cars now in that version have got full wishbone front suspension. It is a very sophisticated machine indeed. 
And as far as I'm aware, um, it's running in GTX because it can't run in the 991 Cup class because it's a 992 car. But I think that might be the first 992 Cup car that's escaped out of Porsche competition, out of Carrera Cup competition. Uh, Tim reminds us that it's not... Well, I don't think it's been in the, in the championship all season because it ran as part of the Porsche Benelux races that I also called on my visit to the Red Bull ring earlier this year yeah. when they were supporting the European Le Mans series. It did those events, and I'll have to dig through the, the paperwork to find out who was driving it in Austria, and then went straight to the Netherlands or possibly even to the track that it was then due to be racing at which might have been Hockenheim actually it was Hockenheim yes yeah it was so it's done Hockenheim and it's now about to do its second round of the season so not quite all year uh, one race in the books for fair that, play uh, to fair play to the guys for, for getting it captured yes because it, it, I mean we haven't even in the Porsche Carrera Cup GP we don't have those cars yet they're still racing with the previous model, yep. there are only Carrera, five Carrera Cups around the world, if you count the Super Cup as one. Um, the Porsche Carrera Cup Asia, racing in Ningbo this weekend with three three races. We'll have some coverage uh, of that, which handily, mostly, in fact, all of them fall in times when we're uh, not on the air for this race. Um, uh, Porsche Carrera Cup North America, Super Cup I mentioned, Carrera Cup Deutschland, and Carrera Cup Benelux as well. Those are the five Carrera Cups that have the 992. Everybody else will get them at the end of this season. So they are much sought after, those cars. And, and I'm told by those who have driven them back-to-back, JP, that the times, that the lap times are um, unrecognisable from the old car. They are much quicker, seconds quicker, and are very close to a Porsche GT3 class 991 now I accept that Porsche used GT3 as a as nomenclature for pretty much everything um, but in terms of the category the class of racing car the 993 class uh, the, excuse me the GT3 class um, as the cars at the front of the field those new 992 cup cars are just as quick as those mm. and available I'm told that that I that uh, 992 Cup car will it be available on iRacing from Wednesday um, with the deal that uh, Porsche now have with iRacing. So that car is ready. So don't take my word for it. Do yourself a bit of back-to-back testing on iRacing, which is what Nick will be doing when he gets back to um, back to Damon, the hamlet of Damon. Nicely put. He needs to have a word with Evo then to uh, find out the little secrets of that car and utilise them in, in the virtual world. I think the, the older spec cup car had a slight problem with, with understeer during some setups and uh, the, the active suspension on that car now uh, has really cured that and taken cup car racing within Porsche's ranks uh, just onto another level, as you say, almost comparable now to GT3 running. And, I mean, through the tubes, down the tubes, it will be outpacing a GT3, I would have thought. Far less less aero on it. A little bit less aero, you're right. But also, for the first time, all the pro classes uh, in Cup, in in Carrera Cup, those cars have all got ABS. Um, that That is a part of that car, which in... Porsche Carrera Cup terms, I think there was only one year where all the main 
Carrera Cups around the world had, and it was the first year of the 996, so that would have been 97, 98. I drove one of those cars at, at Brands Hatch back in those days, long before my Porsche Odyssey started um, with road cars. And I remember asking Kelvin Burt, who'd been a champion, I think, the previous season, so what about this ABS then? And he went, I've no clue, I've never driven one with that odd. And I said, so do I, do I want to, you know, and then he went out and drove one and came back and said, don't get into the ABS. If you're in the ABS, you're going off. Now, things things have changed since then because all ABSs, all ABS systems have, have got a lot better. Um, and that whether it's road or race, but the race systems are far, far more sophisticated now. Just on uh, 17 minutes to go, and it's Ferrari, Porsche, Porsche, Audi at the top of the field, JP. Daniel Kailwitz in the 22 WTM Ferrari, fastest then, 146.740. Mauro Calamia, car number seven, is the dynamic motorsport Porsche of Italy, although Calamia very much Swiss, and running a second behind, pretty much, the pace of Daniel Kailwitz. Marco Seafried in the number 92 Porsche, also now in the pit lane, as the top three cars are... Uh, that's the Herbert Motorsport Porsche number 92. And then the car collection Audi of Max Edelhoff that uh, came out initially, then came into the pits after only a handful of laps and is the only one of the top, well, pretty much the top 10 currently running. Robert Renauer makes it now two of the top 10 cars on the timing screen that are putting in laps. But this is almost the, not per the regulations, but a standard interval, if you like, between two quick runs where you switch hand-coop tyres and you can go again on fresh rubber now. So don't be surprised to see Kyle Witt, Calavir, Seafried, Paul-Luc Chatin, the number 17 EDEC Sport Mercedes, Pierre Kaffer, who topped free practice, and the rest of them coming back out again to try and better the times already set. Shame to see that the 499 car collection motorsport Audi isn't yet part of the session, nor the Duvo Racing Porsche 911 GT3 Cup car, which is a standard 991 class car, unlike the uh, the Red Camel machines. Let's uh, go to Nick Damon, as we've had nearly 15 minutes of the session for a quick update from the pits. Yeah, it's very interesting because, of course, we know that there's another motor race going on up in uh, up in the Netherlands, uh, and it appears that everyone is embraced orange because all the Fortexes are bright orange, all the KTM's are bright orange. There's two or three cars up in the TCR that's bright orange. It appears that orange is the colour of the weekend. Um, the KTM's are pretty impressive. One of the uh, the stars of the show, I think you may just have meandered the back there, is uh, Miguel Oliveira, who is, of course, the MotoGP racer. So never fear, my intention is to give him a good grilling during night practice when I've got a chance to have a chat with him properly, uh, as there are many other guys. Oh, there's the new GT3 Lamborghini, uh, Lamborghini uh, Audi going. There we are. Um, spot the difference. We'll play that later as well. Night practice, basically, is just going to be me pointing at stuff and talking to people, I've decided. There we are, Johnny. I like it. Uh, sticker tyres as well for the 500 numbered Audi and this is Martin Lechman then in the P4 class car collection motorsport entry according to P4 because this is uh, at the moment outside of current GT3 regulations but looks mega you would expect that to be the case from the company with the four rings and taking the uh, Audi R8 LMS to another level, to the Evolution 2 level, in fact. Um, 
there will be well there will have been some balance of performance to ensure i would i would assume john that this this car this new car won't be in a position to win the race um, and therefore it won't be quite as quick as the current Audis, but a fantastic, again, for Kreventic to be able to display the next wave of GT3 car. And how many times has this happened, Johnny? These are real endurance races, perhaps slightly, and, and I say this not in any detrimental way, but slightly under less pressure from the manufacturers. We've seen BMW debut the BMW uh, GT4, uh, at Dubai, we've seen Audi um, with the RS3. In fact, the the, mm. uh, the TCR car, which ran in the in the TCR series uh, and in the main race. In fact, one of the cars ran in both. Um, and of course, Mercedes. I, I like Mercedes' attitude. We're bringing it to their own that their own competitors already who already had their car we're bringing one of these cars to the race would you like to do a stint in it um, and basically put your name down and we'll work out a schedule so they entered the car and effectively their current customers various drivers through the race had a run in it at now that's going to fail me where was that when they did that JP I think it was Portimao yes you're right it was Absolutely yeah. right. Because Hubert Haupt was part of that lineup, and correct. Um, Very clever. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, really cool. Um, and that was a sales pitch as well as a, an opportunity for the car to run. Charlie Charlie one, Putman was part of the lineup as well, and uh, then yeah. went on and bought one. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. So Kaching, um, and in fact, the previous model of the GT4 car that raced in GTX at. Um, at Kota in, in the in, in the race that I raced, which seems like a million years ago now, which I think was 2017 or 2018. Can't remember that far back now. Where's <laughs> memory gone again? Uh, Robert Renault is now fastest, by the way, just doing a 146.587 in the 91 Herbert Motorsport Porsche. So Herbert are first and fourth, and that knocks the Ferrari from WTM powered by Phoenix down to second place. Daniel Kylvitz still in the pit lane. Is the plan to get that uh, German Ferrari, if you know what I mean, German run Ferrari, back out onto <laughs> the track? Let's wait and see. But there are three cars on the timing screen, all with the letter P next to them, that have the capability of going a, a shade faster, I would suggest. Mara Calami is number seven Porsche. So that's an Italian Porsche and a German Ferrari that we have in this year's entry, John. Phenomenal. Yeah, and... and, and a number of people pointing out the differences between the, how the pit lane looks here to what it was at Le Mans a couple of weeks ago. No fuel in the pit lane here. Thank you for your tweets at RSL underscore studio, hashtag RSLB24. No fueling in the pit lane, so that removes quite a lot of cost, actually, from racing it because you don't need a fuel rig. The series effectively provides the fuel rigs, and that's in a separate place. It also means that your team don't have to wear fireproof overalls and things like goggles and things like that. Now, it doesn't mean you can't if you don't want if you want to, that's absolutely fine. But there's no mandated need for you to, to do that. And you'll see quite a lot of people in fairly casual gear down in the pit lane doing their work, but the mechanics almost always still have gloves on because everything's very, very hot. Indeed. These new KTMs look very good indeed. They're not all orange, but the 716 is um, 
pretty sort of dark orange as it heads down the back straight at the moment towards the reprofile braking area at uh, what has effectively become turn 10, isn't it, down there? And turn 11 has sort of disappeared, the little kink. And the best of those Austrian cars made in Graz in Austria, the KTM Crossbow GTX, as they're called. The best is the true racing example, which is car number 716 for Ferdinand Stuck. Uh, that is actually the fastest car in GTX as a category, although there are more than just the KTMs uh, it found yeah. there. The two Vortex of Vortex V8, Team Vortex V8, uh, currently 6th and 7th in GTX. True Racing and RTR projects have been long-time exponents, haven't they, JP, of, of KTMs, of the crossbows in, in various forms. Um, these new GTX cars are sort of... There was a thought that we might get a GT4 or even a GT3 crossbow, and they were working towards that with um, originally the original crossbows running with... Uh, um, Audi four-cylinder two-litre engine. There was some thought now, and I have to check this is whether they've gone to the, the straight five uh, in these cars because they were trying also to, to build a GT2 with 700 horsepower for one of Stefan Rattel's championships, and uh, the four-cylinder engine wasn't quite up to that, or at least it could do it, but just for a short amount of time before spectacularly it wasn't producing any horsepower at all <laughs> I know what you mean mm. miming pulling the pin out of a grenade with my teeth at this point um, yeah um, I, I'm sure I've seen something referring to the, the straight five as the powertrain um, but yeah, for these new cars uh, not sure um, yeah two litre Audi turbocharged straight four initially and then it was the TFSI in line five, up to two and a half litre. Indeed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 20, 2012 to present. Uh, but I don't know about this, uh, the, the GTX car and whether that's included. Um, yeah, added same, to the line of last year. Yeah. And abs 600 brake. Right. Oh, yes. Uh, this is a. Um, they've kept hold of this canopy that they've got, sort of like a jet fight academy it has got opening windows now uh, as well um, there's a carbon carbon frame now with uh, a windshield and, and sort of glass doors as well on either side of glass windows uh, and they've got six piston brakes at the front four at the back and it's absolutely phenomenal 120 litre tank it weighs by the way without fuel 1048 kilograms um, and puts out 530 horsepower at 6,500 revs. Love it. That's not much lighter than uh, one of the Toyota GRO 10s, you know, 1040 kilos. Uh, the, no, the, but it's a GT4 car. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, that's uh, to Effectively. To, to give you the comparison to a hypercar, pretty much, in terms of weight, anyway. Um, so, yeah, the... the the car and is behind the car have 700 all up by the time you add in your ICE and your and any electrical uh, electrical energy that you've got so they've probably they're not that far away 
from the engine power of the Toyota as well. Mm. Yeah, the um, I think they're a important little machine. I think they look great. They're great. As well, well they, they they sound fabulous, um, and I mean, still very very futuristic. They always have been. With uh, I assume it's still a clamshell roof. It to is, that. yeah. So hinges it just in front of the driving position. It's what they call the Jet Fighter canopy, and it's been slightly, as I said, it's just been slightly modified in the GTX. So there's a separate windscreen, and the the actual side windows do pop open. So if you need to, you could you could get in and out of them as quote unquote doors, but the whole thing still uh, moves. It's a very clever design, very clever. Uh, I'm I'm told by <laughs> Tim Greer that it, the KTM Crossport is the same weight as a Nissan Micra, um, just slightly more powerful. I would have thought just a little and, and s- slightly more dashing. Dare I say in the in the in the in the car park if your local Sainsbury's or the supermarkets are available? You would certainly be able uh, to anyway. dash to the supermarket a heck of a lot quicker in the KTM. Uh, Five minutes to go, JP. Daniel Karlwitz, the 32-year-old then from Willingen in Germany, gold graded. Not surprising, therefore, that he's been put out for qualifying, but still only second fastest. He's in the car still though, on the pit apron, and uh, that car. Possibly about to be fitted with tyres, but they can't afford to hang around there at Phoenix. Bockenspiegel team Monschau powered by Phoenix and their Ferrari 488. Outpacing a car more familiar with Phoenix, which is the Audi, but that's the Routronic Racing by TECE Audi R8 LMS GT3. Now, Daniel's Ferrari has got some tyres. Revs rise and he will be going back out into the session. Four minutes to go. So that's an out lap, which is probably the best part of two minutes. And he'll get maybe two laps, therefore, to try and improve on the 146.740, depending on where the chequered flag falls and whether he can come out of the final corner, needing to be careful there not to cross the blend line, particularly so because he was being overtaken by a KTM crossbow at the time. And there's a bit of a pinch point down there at the first corner as everyone jumps towards the apex. Robert Renauer staying in the pits for the time being. 146.587 is Robert's best effort in the number 91 Porsche of Herbert Motorsport and only able to lean on a tenth and a half at this stage. Back to Kyle Witz, Pierre Kaffer, who's a further half second adrift, but he's just done his best lap of the session, 147.310. And it was Kaffer who topped free practice earlier on. That was a session that started at half past one local this afternoon. Somebody else to look out for potentially is Paul Luc Chatin. Welcome back to the championship for the Frenchman in the number 17 Edex Sport Mercedes, but that car is also in the pits as well, so we may not be seeing the all-red AMG GT3. Really has got about a minute or so to make sure that uh, you're guaranteed a fast lap. And Daniel Karvitz leaping on the brakes, more so than I would have expected into uh, the tricky left-hander by the giant grandstand. Uh, And that was, I think, to generate just a bit of track space between the nose of his Ferrari and those cars he was following. 17 cars uh, showing in the pits. Now, what I don't know, of course, is whether that is 17 of all of the categories or 17 from this category but at the moment there's a mix at the top of the field with the Daniel Kalvitz driven WTM powered by Phoenix Ferrari coming out now that's a 2020 
Evolution car. But Renault is in the pit lane, and I don't think that number 91 car is coming back out again. So there'll be no further times for that. In the classes, GTX, RTR Projects, Eric Yanis uh, leads for that crossbow. That's the 718. Just going back out, Ferdi Stuck, Ferdinand Stuck in the True Racing 716 car. He's going to have a crack at that. He needs to find all of 0 0.003 of a second. Uh, in, um, well, it's Martin Lechman who is driving, no, he's in the pits now in what is... Is termed a P4 car, which is the Car Collection Motorsport run Evo 2 Audi R8, but that's a that is literally in a class of its own. In 991, Vili Motorsport by EB Motors uh, is leading. That's in the pits, the number 955 car. Uh, who else is out? The second of the Vortex is out, Boris uh, Gimond uh, in the 712, trying to improve from seventh in GTX. Speed Lover and Rabdan by MRS, both in the pits in the 991 categories. Oh, and GT4, both the BMWs are in the pits from ST and RHC, so I think it's only what we've got on the track now, JP, with a minute to go. Yeah, Andre uh, Mukovoz was late to join the session in the Duvo Racing Porsche, but now has set that car's best time, 157.644, puts the car fourth in the 991 class, but it's Nikolai Sergui, he, the Romanian driver, 955, uh, that has set the best time in that uh, part of the qualifying. And I think we're unlikely to see 955 in the session again. Just 25 seconds left on the clock. Daniel Kailvitz goes across the line. Well, he's had almost a, another sighter lap in the number 22 Ferrari. That is not a better time than Robert Renauer. But he's got one more go at this. Oh, looked a little bit crossed up into the first corner and again leaving turns one and two. So an indication of how hard Daniel Kailovic is pushing. But it was a bit scrappy, I have to admit. And I just wonder whether this first sector of the final tour for Daniel Kailovic is going to provide a sector time that's quite good enough. No, 31.0. By my reckoning, he's lost four tenths of a second already trying to catch Robert Renauer's time, John down to turn five tricky downhill braking area takes the curb on the left hand side and runs out onto the red and white curb Ooh, I think he's off it I think he's lifted off he's obviously got the delta on the dashboard as he climbs up through seven and eight and to the very fast sweeping right hander at the top of the hill at nine real commitment corner that and well no he's, he's still on it he's, he's run onto the green he was very tidy then coming out of five. Now down into the heavy braking area at turn ten. Clips the curb on the inside, breathes in the middle, then straightens it up for what really would have been a tighter turn at 11. Climbing the hill now, hugs the inside red and white curb through 12. Now into 13 at the top of the hill. Really wish they'd go straight on there like the motorcycles do, and then run down without the final chicane, except they'd probably arrive at the final quarter far too quickly. Now, question is, JP, is he going to peel into the pit lane? I yes. think he is. Yeah, he has. He has. Yeah, I, I got the feeling just from the pace of the car that he'd got off the throttle actually into turn 13, as you were describing yeah. his run through the chicane, and he'd lost about a second in the middle sector to Robert Renauer's in-lap because uh, Robert did a 41.1 through sector two as, uh, as the route back into the pits at the end of his session. And as I say, Karlovic was about a second shy 
of that. So wasn't going to turn that into a very special lap, unfortunately, for Kyle Witz and the WTM powered by Phoenix crew. They will have to make do with probably second unless the 92 car of Marco Seyfried. Now, he's already seen the chequered flag and everybody else has either done so or they are in the pits. So that will confirm pole position to the sister car at Herbert Motorsport, not the one with the yellow door mirrors, but the 91 car of Robert Renauer. And uh, unsurprisingly, perhaps, Renauer getting the Herbert Motorsport crew another pole position to add to their increasing total. Despite the fact that Margot Siegfried is on an in-lap here, he's still pushing like crazy in Porsche number 92, John. He's laying down some... Hankook rubber as he hammers around the circuit. Also still out there with the four-way flashes on is the triple nine, which is the Red Camel Jordan car. Evo Broek is at the wheel. Now, I'm slightly worried by that, not because I think he's banged the, the button, but there is an automatic four-way flasher, hazard flasher type thing if you have a spin or an incident on those cars um, so I wonder if he has actually been off the track in that GT silver that's the colour that they were all supplied in so not their usual orange in that car although we do have orange detailing on it and still have the red camel logo on there he's laying back as he just went through where Seyfried laid down the tortured Hancock meant to mention this there, there are no tyre uh, regs in, in the qualifying so uh, you could have used a couple of, of different ones. Now, Nick was trying to grab our pole sitter in GT3, but in typical form, he's there, he's back, he's wrangled him. Robert Renau is with Nick. He's just going to get a mask, actually. So in, in his mod well, this is my first experience of modern interview delaying techniques. I need a mask, and here he is. OK, <laughs> I was just about to do a quick rundown because we got the graphic, no. uh, Nick, but uh, no. let's ah. do the interview first and then we can do the official results from the session. T <laughs> well, Robert, I was, I was watching the uh, progress of the car all through the last couple of days, and you've seemed to be able to be top of the timesheets. You're really suiting this track, aren't you? Yeah, it's, I mean, it's a good track for us. We won here two times, I think. Um, we were strong the whole weekend, and yeah, it was a really good qualifying for us. We did only one shot, so all in in this one shot, and yeah, it worked out for us, pole position. So I think first pole position since more than one year, so really good result. And you've got the whole of the band back together. It's you, your brother, it's Daniel, it's, it's Ralph. It must give you a lot of confidence going into a, a long race. Sure. Uh, we trust, uh, trust each other. We know each other since uh, many years, so it's only advantages for us. So, yeah, perfect group of people. And which class are you racing? Are you going to go in the, the AM Advantage class or the AM class? Uh, honestly, I'm not sure, but it's AM. I know, I think you know it better. <laughs> Well done, congratulations there. Um, just quickly, just so people, it, the GT3 class has three separate classes, there's Pro, Am and Am Advantage. They all have different weights, they have different amounts of fuel you can take, but more importantly, they have different drive time for their various uh, standards of drivers. So the lower you go in your driver rotation, the more time for your slower drivers you have, the more advantage you get on weight and fuel. But I'll let Johnny explain all that now. <clears throat> Thanks, Nick. <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> 
Um, <laughs> by the way, that's that's not a, a first Herbert poll of the year, but I know what Robert Renault yeah. means because it's the first for that particular car at Dubai this year, back in January. The 92 car was on pole position, courtesy of a great lap from Sven Muller, who was part of the lineup, along with Klaus Backler in the 92. But it's the 91 car and Robert Renault that did a 146.587 to get a full first pole position, certainly for this season. And Robert reckons that extends back a 12-month period. Second was the 22 WTM, powered by Phoenix Ferrari. And that was a Daniel Kajlovic time, 146.7. And then it was a 147.3 from the number 18, Rootronic Racing by TECE. Audi R8 LMS. So one Porsche, one Ferrari, one Audi, the top three. And then a Mercedes to make it four different marks on the front two rows. CP Racing, number 85 of the USA with their uh, much uh, easily recognised Mercedes AMG GT3, 147.6. Then another Porsche, this time from Dynamic Motorsport of Italy. Car number seven was fifth. The 17th Edex Sport Mercedes, sixth fastest. Paul-Luc Chatin doing the time. 92 Herbert Motorsport Porsche did a 147.749 to put that seventh ahead of the car collection Motorsport, the blue and white Audi R8 LMS GT3 148.0. PCR Sports have a Ferrari 458 Italia GT3, car number 16, ninth fastest ahead of the 718 RTR Projects KTM Crossbow. Another Crossbow 11th from True Racing. So True were pipped uh, fairly late on in the session, actually, to put 718 ahead of 716. The 12th-placed car, the 500 car collection motorsport, is the new Audi, um, and therefore in Class P4. But interesting that it has managed a 12th fastest time. Not on an even keel, though, remember, to the... Uh, the standard and legal GT3 Audis currently. 13th position, the Writer Engineering 724 KTM Crossbow. 14th is the Red Camel Jordans.NL Porsche 992 class car entered into GTX. It's a 911 GT3 Cup Porsche from 955 Villy Motorsport by Ebby Motors, 15th, and another True Racing KTM Crossbow, 16th. 17th and 18th, both from the Vortex V8 crew with their Vortex 1.0, 701, outpipping 712. 19th was the, the 978 Speedlover Porsche, ahead of the 989 Rabdan by MRS GT Racing Cup car. ST Racing's number 438 BMW M4, 21st, ahead of a similar car from the American squad, RHC Jorgensen Strom by Century. Duvo Racing's... Uh, Porsche Cup car number 909 didn't take part in the initial phase of the session, but eventually did join and got quicker and quicker. We did not have any times from the car collection Motorsport 499 Audi R8 LMS, though. And that is the order from the GT part of qualifying. Let's uh, remind you of what happened over the... Previous two 30-minute sessions ahead of this year's 24 Hours of Barcelona. It's quite interesting. I uh, I thought it was quite interesting, JP, uh, how people used their time in both the the TC and TC and the GT categories. Uh, we were worried about a little bit of rain at the start. It didn't really happen, uh, but. Uh, what we have seen is straight away there might have been some time off from uh, racing in Creventic 24H series, but 
the the rust, the dust, any cobwebs has been knocked right up. Congrats to Colin White for getting overall uh, top position, pole position in in TCE. Yeah, uh, he's always sort of there or thereabouts on the front two rows, but um, rarely, I think, being able to really show the Ginetta's G55 speed compared to TCRs. You would think a Ginetta would probably be faster nine times out of ten, but it doesn't turn out that way because the TCRs are so strong through the corners. So that's qualifying done and dusted for this year's Hankook 24 Hours of Barcelona. You heard it all here live on RS1, part of the Radio Show Limited network of channels. And the next thing on the agenda is night practice, starting at 9 o'clock Central European summertime. And that is another 90-minute session in the darkness, as the name would suggest, uh, and a chance for those drivers that are unfamiliar with this place uh, in darkness hours to um, at least work out where the reference points are, where your braking and turning points are, because it gets pretty dark in the turns three, four and five, and then later on in the lap, although there's a bit of floodlighting here and there, um, yeah, the, it is tricky to work out exactly where those quick sections are. The main straight, always pretty well illuminated, and then you've got to worry about fueling the car as well, away from the floodlights in the pit lane. So plenty for the team still to um, get to grips with, and you can join us for live coverage of that later on, 9 o'clock local time. If you're not in Central Europe, just head to the webpage, radiolamont.com, and the clever little schedule at the bottom of there will do the calculations for you, assuming that your browser time is correct. My thanks to Nick Damon, who's been working incredibly hard up and down the pit lane for the reaction from the two sessions. Thanks to John Hindoff as well. You can join those two and me, Johnny Palmer, all three of us, for night practice a little later on. We'll see you for that. This programme is a Radio Show Limited production. Tell your friends there's more at RadioLeMond.com.